You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan number 131 with Tim Robertson and David Cohen. Two weeks late, but we've got Steve Ballmer retiring in the Nintendo 2DS. Tech Fan Podcast number 131, two weeks late, <laughs> but you know, it happens. Um, David is a world traveler and has been, so um, honestly, David, I, every time I kind of got myself up thinking about, I'll just, I'm going to record a solo podcast, uh, I just, I wasn't in the mood. Yeah. I actually, I was in the mood last week, but it would have been an an angry show and i just didn't feel like doing an angry show yeah yeah the rank the rank can get a bit tiring after a while and um sometimes you want to articulate even if you are kind of pissed off about something you want to articulate it in a way that doesn't sound like a rant and that's very difficult to do particularly on your own well i was last week uh, i was watching a few different news programs uh and one documentary and one of them was about basically my parents' generation, your parents' generation, uh, from 1965 through 1974, basically. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, while I was watching that stuff, I also watched uh, The Newsroom, an HBO program. Yeah. And I started really thinking about how that generation kind of stood up for their rights. And change things and how this generation our kids well my kids your kids are still too young but my older kids they don't stand up for anything they they watch civil liberties being eroded and they do nothing there's no protests there's no they just or or if they do do something they're ineffective like they change their twitter avatar yeah right (laughs) you know what to to an equal sign (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's helpful. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's slack, slacktivism, I think, is the term. Yeah. Well, it just yeah. it really depresses me, and I and I got angry about it last week. And instead of doing a show, which would have been an angry show, I decided not to do it. So it's funny. It's funny you should say that because just before um, just before I, I came on, uh, I was uh, today's my last day in San Francisco. I'm leaving for uh, Hong Kong. Um, a couple of hours, um, I I I found myself musing on, on on kind of some of the some of the things I have seen here. You know, I I mean, San Francisco always makes you think when you come here because it, it really is such a an interesting place. I mean, as as a lot of don't take this the wrong way, but a lot of American cities are very bland and samey. Sure. Yeah. You know, you you particularly the downtown areas. You can't if you've seen one of them, you've seen many of. Yeah, I agree. San Francisco isn't really, yeah, San Francisco isn't really like that because it has this mix of architecture. It has very, very new stuff and also stuff that survived the 1906 earthquake. And these buildings are often next, right next to each other. The one I'm staying in now is surrounded by tower blocks, and yet, you know, it's a, it's a an early night, early 20th century building. Um, and again, you have this, yeah, particularly around here at Moscone, you have this this weird dichotomy of uh, enormous wealth you know this conference I was at this week is 23,000 people now um, and uh, they spent they must have spent millions on it I mean it's the 10th anniversary of the show and they had a big party down at AT&T Park uh, with fairground rides and carnivals and um, a big concert and all of that and you know all the food and the drink and everything was free for the attendees um, and at the same time, you know, in the middle of all this wealth, you have these terrible, terrible homeless people walking around who, who are, many of them are in a terrible state. You can tell that they're, uh, you know, they're mentally ill, a lot of them. And, um, yeah, they're, they're alive. They're, most of them look reasonably well-fed. They're not starving, but they're living on the streets. 
and um, you know many of them are, are clearly affected by that in terms of you know how they are mentally as well and and, it, and it's a it's a real real weird thing that you can have you can have such wealth and just outside the door you can have extreme poverty yep. you know by Western standards not by world standards but nevertheless poverty and one can't seem to bridge the other hmm. uh, and and you know we're all walking around and and yeah i mean i'm, I'm gu- guilty of this as anybody you know you try not to catch these people's eye you don't want to get asked for a dollar well but by the you same know. token i've been to san francisco enough times and I, while i am a, a kind of a hardcore liberal to be honest the homeless in san francisco i've been around them enough and i've talked to many of them enough times to know that that's actually a lifestyle choice. They chose to live that way. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard for me to feel sorry for some of those people. But then you see a homeless couple with a child, and the yeah. child didn't choose to live like that. And I can't imagine any no. parent would choose to live like that with a child. So And, and there's a, there was a girl I saw yesterday sat in the street, and her sign said she was pregnant, and you could tell she clearly was. And mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, she didn't have a pillow up there or anything. You know, she was pregnant. And you, you look at that and you think, well, that's just heartbreaking because yep. that child's going to come into a world with so many disadvantages, and, it, and the child's done nothing wrong. That's right. You know, so uh, so so yeah. So it's it's kind of hard, but you know, going back to the the activism thing, there was a demonstration all weekend outside Moscone um, for against uh, a company called CSC, who are a computer services company. Uh, and it was fairly noisy. There were about five or six people, and they had signs and placards and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but I, I was amazed because, despite the noise they were making and their signs and everything, it was impossible to figure out what the hell it was about. Yeah, well, you know, that was it, my it, problem with with Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, there's a lot of noise, but well, okay. So what's it about? What do you want done? Yeah. and their demands, if you will, were so unrealistic. Mm. So unrealistic. Well, with this, you couldn't you couldn't even figure out what the problem was. Yeah. What they were complaining about, you know. So what's what's the point of that sort of, you know? These guys have motivated themselves to go out and stand outside the place, but all they all they're doing effectively is ranting, yeah, <laughs> making know? noise. Yeah. Yeah. So, talking about making noise, David, is my greatest segue ever. In mm-hmm. the tech world, Steve Ballmer sure did make some noise over the last two weeks, and uh, it's it's kind of ironic that we've been talking about this almost since the beginning of tech fan that I've been saying Steve Ballmer is the wrong person to lead Microsoft, that they're in a position where they could have really changed up the business and really done some cool things and they can't get out of their own way. They keep stumbling over their own ineptitude and that starts at the top with no clear vision, uh, with a leader that I think a lot of people justly or unjustly think of as kind of a joke um, yeah I, I think I think that's that's unfair you cannot run a multi-billion dollar corporation the size of Microsoft if you don't know what you're doing yeah but then you know, he would think, get on stage that, at, at uh, even a Microsoft event and he would come across as a buffoon yeah but he's not, not the only CEO who does that I mean the guy who's running VMware now um, at this show came across like that Um he, uh, you know, he he's clearly very good at what he does. He knows what he's doing, but he's not a natural speaker. So his um, keynote came across as very scripted. And the times he's tried to do the kind of rah-rah stuff, it was so forced that it was embarrassing. Yes, but that's, um, a, that's clearly different, though, you know, than when you look well, at I, what Microsoft was like when, when Gates left, when he effectively retired. And it was Steve Ballmer's show to run, and it just went into the toilet. Well, I think there's I think there's two problems. Uh, first of all, is that I don't think Steve uh, I don't think Bill Gates ever really left. He's still chairman of the board, and I suspect he has quite a lot of influence in the day to day stuff of Microsoft. I don't think he you know it's kind of like having a backseat driver. I think that's that's one thing is that uh, perhaps. Perhaps Bormer's never been able to deliver his true vision because he's already always had to reflect his vision off the mirror of Bill Gates standing over his shoulder. Uh, and secondly, I think, um, you know, uh, to take uh, look at Bormer's achievements, all right, the stock 
is is not great but actually the companies continue to grow it continues to generate more revenue you could disagree with many of the, the decisions he's made um, I think some people would disagree with the strategy choices that Microsoft has made um, which he certainly approved even if he didn't come, come up with them um, and, and I think we can all agree that Microsoft's ability to execute which has always been somewhat patchy has gotten a lot worse of late uh, over the last five to ten years um, so yeah and, and the buck has to stop with the CEO for that but I th again I, I think I think if you if you look at look at his tenure in in total it's not I mean if he was really incompetent if he really was the buffoon who didn't know he was doing the joke that people characterize him as then Microsoft wouldn't be in the position they're in now they'd be in the position that RIM are in now no I, it would take to some degree I agree with that however uh, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the figures here um let me see Ooh, was that my computer or yours oh it's got to be mine because you're not on a computer yeah so let me see Um, but and and look, it's I don't blame all of what's kind of happened with Microsoft on Balmer. Mm -hmm. What I blame Balmer for is really bad leadership. Yeah. And for instance, when the iPhone came out, he was dismisses dismissive of it. Yeah. And. It didn't take a genius to know that it was going to change everything. I knew that sitting in the Moscone Center where you're at this week, watching Steve Jobs unveil the iPhone in 2007. Yeah. Sitting next to John Nemo. And I was dumbfounded. It was clearly the future of computing. Not just phones, but computing. And... One of my initial thoughts, to be honest, and I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast at the time because we did have a podcast that day, <clears throat> was how different the technology landscape's going to be. And I really thought, well, Microsoft's clearly going to jump on and, and copy this really quickly. And they didn't. They didn't do anything. And when you heard what Steve Ballmer was saying... It, it it was dumbfounding to me that he could be that ignorant, that blind to a, a titanic shift, and he stayed that way for well yeah, over two years. Yeah. Uh, and and they had form of doing this, of course, because famously, you know, Bill Gates' famous about turn about the internet was exactly the same. Yeah, um, you know, but for, they for, righted that ship, and they conquered the web browser app, if you will. For uh, a long time, they did. I th I think the difference with with the phone thing is that with the iPhone is that um, you know they they also tried with the i with the iPod they tried to copy it with the Zoom, but but by the time the way Microsoft seems to be structured is that by the time they decide to respond because of that lack of lead at the top you know there's the, there's that leadership inertia and and once that is overcome presumably by lots and lots of people around the leadership saying no you're wrong about this look we can do this project look we can do this we've got some new ideas and, and i think you do have to hand it to microsoft is many times when they do come to market sometimes they come with a clone but other times they come with something new and um when they execute if you look at it from a purely technical basis i think they get they can execute something that's different from their competitors certainly bit uh, different than more different than the way things used to be where it was a slavish clone um, so and yet, yet they're not able they're not able to actually capitalize on that because they're always last right when you're last it's, you're always in a, a, a very very weak position yeah you're and, always um, playing catch up and you know i've i yeah i have seen that this this week, I bought a, um, a Lumia 520 phone. Yeah, I'm going to talk about this. So either if, we, if we get time today, I'm going to do a review of it. Or alternatively, maybe we'll cover it next week because I think we're going to be kind of packed for today. But let me give you the, the headlines. Is This thing is $100 and it 
is absolutely brilliant. It is really, it's, I, if I paid two and a half times what I paid for it, I'd still think it was pretty good. But for $100, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a fan, fantastic phone. Uh, and Windows Phone 8 is pretty good. It, it really is. It's certainly not the spots of Android. It is, it is as good as the first, in my opinion, as the first generation of iOS. And, you know, it's on a $100 phone. This thing should be burning the market up. Hmm. It should be devouring Android phones in front of it. And it's not. And the reason is Microsoft is too late. And I suspect what's going to happen, unfortunately, with Windows Phone is that it will live on for a few years and then it will go away. And it's not fair because actually technically it's really, really good. Sounds interesting. Your yeah. connection's really bad, by the way. Yeah, well, it's hotel Wi-Fi, so yeah. I'm kind of. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of giving the. I don't want the listeners out there to think that I don't. I'm not noticing. Yeah. yeah. It's getting a little choppy, but that's not David's fault. It's hotel Wi-Fi that happens. Please bear with us. This isn't the norm for the show. As you know, the audio quality is usually quite good. We go out of our way to make it sound that way, but uh, we wanted to do a show this weekend, so we're yeah. we're restricted to hotel Wi-Fi and David. David's part, so it is what it is. Yeah, I, you know, and the thing is, of course, that's not a Microsoft device. It is in that it runs the Microsoft operating system, but that's a Nokia device. Mm-hmm. And I look at the Surface tablets, and from a hardware standpoint and a software standpoint, they're really good. They really are. Why aren't they selling? Because Microsoft doesn't even know what it is. They, can't, they cannot, and they have not clearly articulated why this is a better device, or at least an additional device to an iPad, or why this is something that you could use instead of buying a laptop. They haven't done that, and no. I don't see them doing that anytime soon. No. They cannot get out of their own way, and that's clearly clearly a fault of leadership not just balmer but the people directly under balmer but he's the one who i assume appointed them and in the past microsoft has tried to put people into place that could be maybe that next bill gates in the company and they chased all of those people away jay allard is an example they've chased those people away and who is what kind of person I should say, David, cause we're not going to, I don't want to get into specific names or anything, but who is the type of person that should be next in line at Microsoft? First of all, do you think it's going to come from someone internally or is it going to have to be someone externally? I, I think if they appoint somebody internally, it's going to be more of the same. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I think you need somebody with a completely different culture. You need somebody with not only a different culture, but also the charisma to actually impose that culture on this business. So, uh, funnily enough, uh, you said you didn't want to mention names. I I did think of one person who, I mean, this this won't happen because this guy's got his own business, he's got his own ideas. But I, I tell you, if somebody like Jeff Bezos took the job, then I think Microsoft would be stellar. Absolutely stellar. I think the you need, you need somebody. Bezos, though, is yeah. he doesn't care about profits. No, no. Well, I'm not talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm using him as a as kind of an example yeah. of the sort of person I think they need. I think they need somebody who thinks radically off the wall, who doesn't, who basically doesn't care about the traditions of the business of Microsoft, but somebody who can see it from a different angle uh-huh. and can then make them make the ship change. That would be. Uh, I agree with you. It has to be someone outside of the company. It can't be, you know, the, oh, this guy was or, in, or this woman was in charge of. They need an Elon Musk type of guy. Yeah. That's going to come in and say, you know what? Uh, the time of Windows dominance is is dying that's going away we need something different uh, microsoft office while still profitable isn't going to remain so for long it's got to change and adapt uh, the xbox is on the right path now we're going to pump a lot of resources and pr into that and we're going to make sure that stays very successful and stays at the top of the heap of the next generation because clearly nintendo is not that company 
they they beat everyone out of the gate for the next generation of home consoles, and it's been a colossal failure, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, and but but again, um, the Xbox One, I've got, I saw one um, around the corner from from the hotel I'm staying at. There's a Microsoft store in that Westfield Center. So I mean, the, the Microsoft store for a start first thing I did when I saw it is took a picture of it because it looks like a clone of the Apple store with all the Apple logos changed for the Windows logo sure I mean it, it really is, it's a bit of a joke you know it, it's so slavish it's kind of sad um, but you know I, I I looked at it and I and I and I um, you know I went in there and I had a play with all the stuff and uh, they had an Xbox One set up in the corner two guys playing Madden on it and I, I, I sat and watched them play this game for about 10 minutes. And, and I thought to myself, well, yeah, it's, it's, you can see where some of the graphical power is going. They, have, they, make, they make it look like a televised football game in that, you know, after each play, you see shots of the coach, shots of the team, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but you can still tell it's a computer game. And also, you know... Very high resolution, but kind of stuttery <laughs> uh, when you're seeing this stuff. Yeah, but um, to be and honest, it's, it's, yeah, it's, obviously it's pre-production. Yeah. Pre-production. Well, not just that. So. You don't see the power of any console. This has come from someone who's followed the game industry for a very long time. You don't see the true potential of a console until, at the earliest, eighteen to twenty-four months after the console no, is launched. No, I, I I appreciate that as well. The problem is, is the console has to be successful to get to that point. It will be, and I'm looking. I'm well. The, the difficulty is, I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, this isn't going to sell quickly because it, it just it's kind of like that HD thing. It, you know, or uh, no, a better example is Blu-ray of a DVD. Yeah, you can see it's better, but you, it still looks at its core. It's still the same as what's gone before. And you look at it and you think, well, are loads of people going to go out and say, I must have this now? Yeah, but see, you're you're only looking at it from one perspective. You also have to look at it from the perspective of. Gamers are going to want to play the new games that are coming out, and they're not going to be available on the older consoles. They're going to be forced to buy a new console if they want to play, you know, whatever the game is. Halo 6. Uh, well, I, I, the, the point that. Games sell consoles. The point I, I'm sort of trying. Yeah, I know I understand that, but the, the point I'm trying to come to is that um, I think in the first year, because, because the next generation console are more risky uh, that you're going to see these games developed for both the old ones and the new ones that's how it always uh, is it, yeah it, but and that's I, why I, I said for the first 12 to 18 months you're going to see cross games that play on the 360 the xbox one the ps3 ps4 and you're not going to see that big of a difference in the newer console versions you're know, like well i'll just get the one for the ps3 unless you did buy a ps4 then you're going to want games for it so you're going to buy games there yeah, um, I, 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 I just, it, it, to me, I was underwhelmed. And I really was, given that they've made some fairly poor choices, I was looking for something that was going to knock my socks off and make me forget about all of that. And what I saw did not. What you're going to see I, is with the PS4, it's going to sell in the first year five and a half million consoles. The Xbox One's going to sell uh, almost five million consoles. So the PS4 is going to be declared the winner out of the first year. Uh, the second year, they're going to be real close neck and neck. Uh, by that point, we're going to start hearing rumblings from Nintendo that they have another console coming. And uh, by the third year, Microsoft's Xbox One will be selling uh, 21.5 to 22 million per year. And the PS4 will be around 18 million. It'll fall to the Xbox a little bit. And Nintendo will be selling almost no Wii U's. And uh, they would have already announced or about to announce the next console. Right. I, I'm not sure that... I, I'd agree with most that, except that I think those first-year Microsoft numbers are going to be much lower. No. I, think what's hap- I think what's happened is really going to hurt them. And as I said, what I saw did not blow me away. And I think that's really going to push people towards the PS4. And I, I, think, I think they're going to have PS4 a very PS4 wins slow at year. first, but here's the thing. There's, and this kind of goes towards what we were talking about at the very beginning with the protests or the lack thereof. There's an, I don't care, or I forgot about last week, an empathy, an apathy, I should say, that people have. And they're just not going to think about what happened before. They're going to think about the excitement that they see being covered online 
and the excitement of the new games. I go see screenshots of the, the new operating system and exclusives, and they're going to go out and buy one. It's just the way it is. They can't help yeah, themselves, well, David. Uh, but but I, I think the problem is, is is Microsoft missteps. You look at Windows 8, you look at Windows Phone, you know, which, which version 7 totally was not great. Totally different crowd, though. Totally different no, yeah, customer. But they, they are different crowds, but I think this, it, there's a same effect going on here, which is a lackluster launch, bad press, poor decisions, is leading to a general um, market apathy for Microsoft products. People aren't buying Windows 8 computers. But see, the thing is, David, I think that most, you know? the average consumer knows that Microsoft makes the Xbox, but the Xbox itself has its own identity outside of Microsoft. It really does. Now, the PS4, the first thing you think is Sony. When you think of the Xbox 360, yeah. I don't think of Microsoft. And I don't think yeah. most people I, do. Well, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not sure I agree, but I guess I guess time will tell. We'll see what happens after. Yeah, it's, it, see what the it'll be interesting. Like. Yeah. It's going to be hard but, to say yeah. this because they're going to be short supply on both systems. and Yeah, maybe. It's, it's the, not going to be a fun launch for a lot of people. But to kind of to, to bring us back to our original t- topic, I, you know, the point is the point that we're even having this debate sort of just typifies these, these series of missteps, and it's right across all of their businesses. Microsoft has been making, and it's been making them for years. You know, Vista was a disaster. Yeah, yeah, and it, and again, it was a, it was not. It, if you ever use Vista, it's not that different to Windows Seven. No, it's not. Right, it, it's just that it was perceived. It was so badly done that it, that that perception stuck, and once the perception sticks, then nobody's going to touch it with a barge pole. You know who Windows liked Vista? Same problem initially was Mac users. Yeah, it was the closest Microsoft ever got at the time to using a Mac. It wasn't yeah. a bad operating system on any no. level. It was pretty good. Yeah, and uh, as I say, Windows 7 is just a kind of a polish of that, really. It's not sure. hugely different no. at all. Yeah, and now, having used Windows 8 in earnest, yeah, it's not bad. It really isn't bad. 8.1 makes it a little bit better. You know, it fixes some of the more egregious stuff. It's not bad, but the problem is the positioning, the articulation of what it's all about and how you meant to use it it's just it's just not there right and that and, starts and, at the and top and that's that's yeah and that's what kicks you in the pants with these things is you've got to bring them you've got to bring everybody along with you and i think that's really steve bomber's weakness is he's never been able to bring people along with him no. he shouts and he screams and he talks in kind of you know that pseudo marketing speak that sales guys talk in and people just go yeah you're an idiot Right, and then that's and, what and I said so at the very beginning. He can't, yeah, yeah, and he can't. I think that's the his problem is he can't carry people along with him. He can't get them to join his journey. He can force them to join his journey because he's the boss, and I think that's how he's been operating. And I think the way Microsoft is now reflects that that the, you know the everyone talks about the internal politic wars at Microsoft. Sure, he should have stamped that out. How can you? How can you have a company going forward if everybody's pointing everyone else and trying to stab them in the back uh, and that's that's how it's always been and and he should have got rid of that culture and he's ne- he never has in fact he's embraced it you know a lot of people are asking and, uh, was he did he quit did he retire or was he forced out i think clearly without him actually saying so if you read some of the interviews that he's done and the timing of things he was forced out they're forcing him to retire he some yeah somebody who's happy about retiring would be happy he wasn't happy. Right. So and who's forcing him out? Well, if you look at who he's talking about in these interviews, or actually, to more be more specific, who he's not talking about, I think this is coming from Bill Gates. I think Bill Gates is the one that's leading his ulster. Well, I, I, I suspect it's probably more along the lines of the people have been calling him to go for a long time, and Bill Gates is, you know, they're good friends. They, they you know, started Microsoft together. Um, Bill Gates has been supporting him for a long time, and now Bill has decided to no longer support him. That's right. And that allows the people who have been calling for his head to, to roll for a while to to win. Yeah, you're absolutely um, right, you know. and I think that uh, in some respects, it's because of their history that he wasn't just outright fired. Yeah. And Bill Gates step in as an interim CEO until a new person is found. I don't think Bill wanted to do that. No. And this is oh, his yeah. saving yeah. face. Yeah. Bill's got his own thing, you know, and you know what? 
if Bill's smart, Bill will uh, let it ride for a few months and then he'll pick up the phone to Steve and say, Steve, come and work with me in Africa. And because uh, I think somebody who can who can sell, who can market working for a charity like that where you have to convince people to do things will be would, would be incredibly powerful. And I, I think that would you put still Steve Gates and Bill uh, Steve Gates. Steve Gates, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Steve Gates. He knows next door. Um, you put those guys together in this charity that's really trying to change the world and vaccinations and cures to disease and even some infrastructure things that they're doing in Africa. It could be extremely powerful and world changing and maybe that will happen. I think that would probably be the best possible outcome. Let's take a quick break, David, and uh, we'll be right back. We're going to talk the Nintendo 2DS. Be right back. This is Chris Cooley of the Minnesota Vikings. Listen up, knuckleheads. It's me, five times NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Scrap Iron Item Pierce. This is Lou Avina, and this is Evan Young. We are co-creators of The Last West. This is Robert Vendetti, writer of Exo Man of War and Green Lantern. This is Morgan Freeman, and you're listening to the Casual Heroes Podcast. Titty Sprinkles. So, Chris. Gavin. That's an NFL All-Pro punter. I think that's a five-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion wrestler. That's a guy that has his comic book in the Smithsonian. That's a New York Times best-selling author. That's a guy that sounds like an Academy Award-winning actor. I think they're all listening to the Casual Heroes. Why isn't everybody else? Well, if they were, then they would get to, to hear us say stuff like, and really put down the oh and well and then jed also told uh Dwayne to suck <laughs> the casual heroes now part of the stoplight network oh dear god tech fan number 131 tim robertson david Cohen. hey if you guys want to get a hold of us the easiest way to do that is to go to our website techfanpodcast.com you can uh leave a message right there on the website underneath the show notes we did get feedback this week david but uh, we're not going to read them right now because I don't have them, and you're on an iPad. So yeah, I th- and also I think um, one of the feedback was about was about what we talked about Android. So let's cover that next week when I yep. talk about this Nokia phone because mm-hmm. it's going to kind of go with that. Yeah, great, perfect. Uh, but we still would love to get feedback from you guys. Uh, you can go up there and leave feedback, and of course, when you go there, you'll notice the little microphone thing sticks out from the right hand side of the website. You can actually leave us a voice message right there on our website. It's pretty cool. Um, so please go there, leave a message and, uh, we'll read it or play it right here on the podcast. And of course, we'd love it if you went up to iTunes, left us feedback, uh, rate the show. Um, even if you don't use iTunes anymore for your podcasting, still go up there and and, uh, give us a rating please. We'd love it. We've shown up on the front page of the technology portion of iTunes a few times over the last month, David. In fact, quite a few shows in the Stoplight Network have. Excellent. And so that's I that's a positive as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, clearly, Microsoft simply needs to have two people as acting co-CEOs, and that would be David and I. Yeah, and you I, know what? I don't think it would take us long to turn things around, David. No, I think my I, I we're so busy with the HP stuff that um, you know. I'm just wondering whether it might be a bit bit too much for us no, to take on. No, no, I don't think so. You take the professional side of it, you know, the, okay, the yeah, server yeah. side and yeah, the cloud. Enterprise, and yeah. I'll take the consumers, the operating system and the consumer products. Okay. Then All between right. the two of us, we'll build a synergy. <laughs> you know what? I haven't, I've heard, no, not synergy, but leverage. Mm-hmm. All I've heard all week at VMworld is leverage. And by the end of the week, I wanted to punch people in the face every time I heard it. You can leverage our software. You can leverage, leverage the network. Leverage to the cloud. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> That's the key word this year, huh? Leverage. Leverage. There's always one. When you go to these things, there's always this one overriding thing that everyone seems to glock to every year. And uh, leverage. Eh. It's, it's interesting because they, they, spent, they spent a lot of money on this thing. And the tagline this year was Defy Convention. Yeah. Um, it's on all the promotional stuff and everything um, and obviously it's a play on words because it is a convention So, um, but 
the uh, the funny thing is, is they spent this fortune on this branding, and and yet you don't hear anybody. They didn't mention it very much in the keynotes, um, and so clearly it was like, well, we we've, we've we've got we've got a tagline for the posters. Let's move on now. <laughs> mhm. That's kind of funny. So, to me, this came out of left field. Um, yeah. The Club Nintendo podcast, uh, as part of the Stoplight Network, actually had a special edition of their show because they cover all things Nintendo. And this this week just quite honestly came out of left field. And I know sometimes we, we tend to get into Android phones too much. Uh, maybe sometimes we talk about video games too much. But this is a device, and, and I think the reasons behind it is really about the tech world as, as a whole and what's going on right now especially in the consumer market. So Nintendo has had the Nintendo DS out for years now, and it's been a very successful handheld. Except a few years ago, it wasn't as successful, and they started seeing sales drop. So they came out with the Nintendo 3DS. A bigger screen, 3D capabilities. Um, better graphics. Better graphics. Yeah. Backwards compatible with the old games. I thought that would be a pretty big hit. For... All intents and purposes, it really hasn't been. Yeah, and technically it's very clever as well because it's 3D without glasses. Yep. Um, and it does so, work. I've played one. It, it's, yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah, But you, I didn't buy one, David. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I think you and a lot of other people. Uh, the, the difficulty is, is that the original DS has remained on sale. Uh, and With a bigger screen. Yeah. With a better screen. Or two screens, technically. Yeah, and 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 we bought. I mean, we we we're quite big on Nintendo in, in our house. Mm-hmm. You know, we we um. I have I have my Xbox, but that's kind of like the grown-up console that only I play. The kids play the Wii, and they play DS. Yeah. Uh, and um. Yeah, Alexander's had the original DS, and then when the XL came out, he got one. My wife bought one as well. Um. And those still. You know, we were on the cruise ship last week. They got played quite a lot on that cruise ship you know and we have a little bag of games that we carry around that's got all the games we own for it um and yeah still very very popular now alexander has talked about buying a 3ds but both my wife and i have said no we won't buy him one because as from we can as far as we're concerned the 3d is a bit of a gimmick yep um there are some health concerns around it some people have complained it it gives headaches and yep. that sort of thing um and we don't really see it as being necessary now I have become aware that certainly over the last year there are some games now that just only come out in 3DS. So that has been a concern. But, you know, we don't want to spend um, the sort of money you have to drop on a 3DS just to get that incremental upgrade and access to those new games. So here we are this week, um, coming October 12th, the Nintendo 2DS. Now, this is the first handheld in a long time from Nintendo. That's not a clamshell, i.e. it's not shaped kind of like a laptop that you can close it and protect the screens. It's it's one big slab, if you will, with two screens. It's essentially a Nintendo 3DS. Same capabilities. In fact, the camera, David, will actually shoot in 3D. Right. It just doesn't have a 3D screen. It will play all the Nintendo 3DS games, and it's $129. It comes in red and blue. I like the red one better. Yeah, and Alexander's birthday in October, and we have his birthday present. This because I would this, this this is the price point, the ability to play the new games. Um, the lower price point makes it much more for me. This is the first Nintendo handheld that I thought, oh, I kind of want to get that. Yeah, and it's really because it's kind, of the it's, price it's point. Interesting. Yeah, it, it and it's it's interesting because. It actually isn't two screens. It's one screen. Right. And the casing kind of has a plastic strip that runs across the middle to turn it to two. There's actually live pixels underneath there. Um, so it's it's obviously been manufactured down to a price point, which I think is a pretty smart move, really. Um, so what's... They, they, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, think, I think this is Nintendo saying, yeah, that 3D thing didn't work out, so let's move on. Yeah, I, I like the fact that it doesn't close up. I think that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, the proof's going to be in the pudding. I want to hold it and see what it feels like to be able to buy it. But it, it has all the features minus 3D that the 3DS has. All of them. Yeah. 
and wow really for for that price is it's it's amazing and nintendo's done some very smart things when it came to expandability it's just sdhc cards just sd cards Mm -hmm. i mean you don't have to get some special little card like sony always likes to invent for every single brand new system (laughs) they come out with it's completely compatible with all the 3ds games all of them so it yeah. immediately has a huge library of games that for you, if your older 3D or your older uh, oh, DS could not play because it's, uh, it requires 3DS, yeah. boom, done. You could play it on this device. And it's, uh, it's $129.99. Yeah, it's a smart move. It's a very smart move. And I think Sony the, must be really worried because this oh basically God. destroys the Vita. Does it? Because I, I, don't, I, think, I don't think it does. And here's why. The 2DS, David, was not an answer to Sony. It was an answer to the cheap uh, Android gaming tablet things that are coming out. And it's also an answer to the iPod Touch, iPhone, iPad. Mm-hmm. That's what it's an answer to. Who's eating Nintendo's lunch? It's not Sony and their handheld, clearly. No, but but the problem the problem for Sony is that they've just cut the price of the Vita. They want to grow that market, and sure. it's not going to grow because people. Well, are it buy could the- grow if if the compatibility between it and the PS4 that they've really been touting really is as good as they say. Yeah, even the if difficult- it's seventy five percent as good as it says, it will sell. It will bounce back. The difficulty Sony has though is that that compatibility only appeals to the hardcore gaming market, so the PS4 market. At the end of the day, that the the console, the TV console market is not all that big. It's what is what a hundred million customers, something like that. Yeah. Whereas the markets that the markets that Nintendo gets into, yeah, it's not. It's the toy market. It's the kid market. It's much bigger than it is. hardcore gaming. But they haven't been doing well there, and I, it's not because of Sony. Well, but 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 no. But the point is, is that Sony would love to get into the kid market. Sure. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that now. I don't because, think so either. They, because they, Nintendo just bought it for Christmas. They did, but they but they did that a long time ago. Nintendo, or I should say, Sony has ceded that market to Nintendo a long time ago. Yeah, but what Sony could have done? Uh, talk about failure to execute. They could have seen Nintendo's struggles and really taken some share off them, and they failed to do that. Yeah, they've completely. They've, you know, they've allowed that that slip slip up to pass them by, and they've not taken opportunity of it at all. I've and always now, looked now at now Nintendo's responded. I agree. I have always looked at Nintendo as kind of the Apple of the gaming industry. I always have. Yeah. They've always had very similar philosophies. They control the hardware, the software, and the best things on it are Nintendo. It's Mario. It's Zelda. It's whatever it's it's the nintendo properties so they make not just the operating system and and the device they also make the best games for that platform and nobody could argue with that i i yes there has been other third-party games that's really good uh for instance lego city undercover on the wii u fantastic however the best and the best selling comes from nintendo so they've always been that company. Unfortunately, for the last, oh, I'm going to say four years. Yeah, I'll say the last three years. Nintendo is Apple, but they're Apple in the 90s. Oh. And yeah. they have to do something. Is $129, let's call it 130 bucks. Is that the answer? Is it cheaper more compatible hardware is it are they just not executing in marketing is it they're resting on their laurels and it's still mario it's still it's the same basic games over and over and over for the past 20 years which yeah. i'm not exaggerating that that's what it has yeah, been no, that's absolutely true but you know what people love those games they do love those games you can, but you can you but can they haven't just... had the competition that they do now you can't compare what nintendo was doing 10 years ago and the success they were having with what's happening now, almost on yeah. any level, because they didn't have iPads and iPhones no, and Android no. devices and Android handhelds and a, a $99 OUYA. I mean, yeah, but the, the competition point, is stiff. 
it is, but but if you look at it as a toy rather than a video game, then I still think that they've got this locked up, because you come coming up to this Christmas, kids are going to say, oh, we we'd like more video games, we'd like more video games. Now a parent can either go out and buy a much more expensive iPad, or they can go out and buy a Google Nexus, which is much cheaper, or a Kindle Fire, or something like that, which is much cheaper. But let's face it, doesn't have the same sort of games. There's no Mario. Or they can go out and spend that same sort of money on um, a 2DS, and they get the Mario games, which is what the kids want, and all of that stuff, and the backward compatibility with any old uh, Nintendo stuff they have. And also, they don't have to worry about them browsing the internet. And the eShop is on this device as well, and it's Wi-Fi yeah. compatible, and it's you know I I think I I think this is a serious uh, play for the for the the holiday season market, and uh, I can see a lot of these being sold. I'll, I'll be honest, this said, is the first one I, I've wanted in it, a long time. But I think I think that's the that's the, the that's how it passes the smell test for me because I was exactly the same. I'm traveling at the moment. I don't have a lot of time for, for keeping up with the news and that sort of thing. But as soon as I saw a news article about this, I mean, it clicked on it. I wanted to know more. And I'm reading through it. I thought, this, we're going we're gonna to be getting one of these for, for our kids for Christmas. Yep. This, is, this is what's going to, this is what they're going to want. And they will be very, very happy with it. And I can, I can see my wife wanting one as well. So I'm probably going to buy two, you know, and, um, and, Exactly, it, that gut feel thing for me was what told me that they kind of got it right this time. I agree, a hundred percent. However, that being said, and and I'm coming down on the side of this is going to be a huge success for Nintendo. This is going to be the start of a resurgence for them. It may eventually help uh, Wii U sales. The big problem there is just a, a complete and utter lack of games. Um, and I hope I'm right, because I've always liked Nintendo as a company. I've always liked their products. I, I love Mario games. I really do. Yeah. Uh, Mario, um, Super Mario World. Is that it? No. Um, the, the first 3D Super, Mario game. Super, uh, Super Mario. Super Mario Super, World. Uh, Super, they're all called Super Mario. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. Yeah, see, I, uh, the one on the Wii, Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, no. it's 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 the grandfather of that game, but yes. yeah, yeah, I, I I know the one you mean. The one on, there was, was on the, Mario was, Sunshine. Was it on the? Uh, was it was on the um, N sixty four. N sixty four. Yeah, I think it's Super Mario World. Yeah. Um. It changed yeah. the way I looked at video games. It was awesome. And and I have to say, I I mean, from I I never really played that one very much because we didn't have an N sixty four, but. In terms of uh, Super Mario Galaxy, I thought it was one of the finest games I've played in a long time. Oh, it was, absolutely. And if you like that, uh, and your Wii is backwards compatible with the GameCube, which should be. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it it was until it died. Yeah, <laughs> now uh, the new one isn't. <laughs> right. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine Yeah. was, to me, as good, if not better. Yeah. And that came out on the GameCube. I loved that game. So did my whole family. The older girls at the time were young, and they played the crap out of that game. But the difference between Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, when it comes to the gaming market, Nintendo has never gone for realism. They've never gone for the most powerful. What they've always concentrated on, and this is where I think... Microsoft gets it wrong and where Sony gets it wrong for kids is Sony games are so much more fun. Yeah. They're so much more approachable. They have a character to them and I don't mean characters, I mean character. And I think that while Nintendo really hasn't got away with that, they've done a really poor job of executing that. The Nintendo 2DS, it's a game changer, I think. But let me play devil's advocate. It doesn't sell, David. Uh, it, it, and not a lot of people buy it. And they continue to see a downward spiral in handhelds. And the Wii U's not selling. And where does my where does uh, Nintendo go after that? Uh, the, well, they're in trouble then. Right. Uh, I, I they're think... going to need... They're going to start... Look, they got a big cash hoard. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. They could survive for another five years yeah. without making a profit. And they could pay their employees and everything. They'd be fine. But yeah, but I think in terms of 
moving the business on, they're then going to start looking at where's the value in the business. If the hardware side is not valuable anymore, you're going the only, exactly the same place yeah, I am. Yeah. The only value is is the properties they have. Yep. Uh, Could you imagine uh, how hugely successful um, Nintendo would be if every six months, oh look, it's it's Zelda on the Xbox One, and it's exclusive to the Xbox One for six months. Six months later, it's available for the PS4, but the PS4 also gets the new Mario game, which is exclusive. And in between those, they've come out with some classic Mario and Donkey Kong games for iOS and Android. I mean, they could just clean up. I mean, they would make so much money. They, well, they could, but the problem is is that I think the question you have to ask yourself is, can they deliver, can you just slap Mario on an iOS device uh, and make it the essence of a Mario game? Yes, absolutely. I, I have zero question about that. Absolutely, that it would uh, be huge. I, well, I, well, I think it'd be huge, but would it be a Mario game? Because I think part of the balance that Nintendo delivers is that fact that they own the hardware and they can make the, the control interaction, the sensitivity, yeah. the way the things behave, just how the they The reason I it. say, well, yes, but I, I say that because they can really tweak it for the iOS devices and Android. Plus, Apple, as we know, which has been reported in multiple locations now... There's uh, an SDK build in the new iOS 7 for game controllers. So, so yeah, so, they're going so in, to have in, game controllers. In in that case, I think the, if they were going to do that for iOS, the smart move would be to actually produce a Nintendo controller mm-hmm. for the for the iOS devices yep. and for the Androids as well that was optimized for their games or, or maybe only supported their games. So you still got a hardware element to it. I, I like that, that idea. You know, 30, 40, yeah, $30, 40 controller, and then that opens up um, iOS, uh, iOS Mario and iOS Zelda and all those other things. You buy the controller you know, that, and you get the game for free. Yeah, well, you get the first game for free. Yeah, <laughs> the first level. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, would yeah, that be I, successful? That, yeah. That so, go, would they ever do it? Probably not. I don't think so, and that's the problem. Unless if, you're forced if, to. Right. And it's going to take a change in leadership, to be honest. Um, The 2DS, I think, is going to put them back on the map in a hugely, hugely popular way with people. It's going to be massively popular. I think it's going to be sold out immediately, and it's going to be hard to get for this holiday season. I think, honestly, I think the 2DS, it's going to hurt PS4 and Xbox One sales. Yeah. Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, I can no, spend no, two ninety nine or three ninety nine or one twenty nine. Yeah, but I I think you're right because people I don't think people naturally go out to the store and buy more than one console, whatever it is, Mm-mm. however much it is. You know, they don't go out and say I'm going to have two. No, they you know they, they it's it's a one it's a one time. They might go back to the store next week, but you know when you're looking at holidays, you're not going to give a kid a handheld. And an Xbox. And heaven forbid the 2DS goes on sale for $99 for a week only at Target. Oh my God, yeah. it's going to be, they're going to be handing out rain checks because they're not going to, they, they won't have enough. No. I'll go no. out and buy two at 99 bucks. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Just so I don't have to have the kids arguing over who gets to play with it. Well, no, not only that as well. They've got Wi-Fi, you get to play each other then. Mm-hmm. Even better. Even better. Absolutely. So I think the, the Nintendo 2DS brilliant move came out of left field i didn't see this coming i don't think almost anybody saw this coming but Um, you have to you have to hope that this is a sign of a new strategy at nintendo and if that they've got a similar project looking at the wii u well here here's the thing david i bought a wii u i bought it what a month after it came out ish maybe a little less but i bought one i've got three games for it i'm not inclined to buy any more games for it because i don't see anything that's catching my eye to be honest my kids like it, but if I give them a choice to play with my brand new, well, not brand new, it's a year old, if I give them a choice to play my iPad or the Wii U, they're going to pick my iPad. Yeah. They still play the PS3 ten times more than they do the Wii U. It's not even close. So I haven't been excited. And again, I'll remind you, I bought the Wii U, the deluxe black one, which is kind of all you can buy now. I bought it. I own it. I haven't been this excited about Nintendo in a long time. 
this is exciting yeah. to me. Because I've looked at, my daughter and I went to a GameStop store, and we looked at some of the DS games because she wanted to get something new for her DS. I didn't know if the games that said Nintendo 3DS would work on hers or not. I wasn't sure. It wasn't clear on the packaging. No. The guys in the store weren't sure. They're like, I I don't think it does, but some of them do, I know, but I I don't know if that one does. So it closed off an entire section of the games that she was interested in. And I sure the hell wasn't going to spend close to 200 bucks for a new game, uh, handheld no. that I wasn't impressed with. $129 2DS? It's a game change. Well, the other thing as well is the pocket money aspect to it at that price. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you're, if you're a kid and you're saving your pocket money... All of a sudden, that's become much more attainable. Oh, because absolutely. I've had this. I've had this with Alexander. He, when he talks about 3ds, I said, "So fine, you get pocket money. So you save that your pocket money, and when you've saved a good portion of it, then I'll put the rest in, and then you can have one." And we were looking. We've been looking at the second-hand ones from the, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Because I, I said, "Well, if, if it if it's in good condition, why not?" You know. Sure. Um, and uh, and yeah, all of a sudden, he now for for less money, he can get a new device that plays the same games last question he, before we were, go ahead yeah i was gonna say he doesn't care particularly about the 3d right that's my question here we go yeah last question before we wrap the show david i'll give you my opinion after we get yours does the nintendo 2ds kill off the nintendo 3ds i think so i think i think 3d was a gimmick it, they kind of got onto it in um in the wake of avatar and that whole uh, move to 3D in the movie theaters that has not been spectacularly successful. I think technically it was a huge achievement um, to be able to deliver that sort of 3D without the glasses, but I don't think people are particularly interested in it. I don't think it adds enough to the games to make it worthwhile. You, know? I, uh, I, you killed my thunder band. I 100% agree. The 2DS obliterate, obliterates the, the 3DS. They don't kill it right away, but within 18 months, it's it's done. It's gone. And and Nintendo's next handheld gaming system um, will be a Nintendo DS HD or something with a slightly bigger screen uh, at one forty nine or something. And the Nintendo Two DS officially drops to ninety nine dollars, and it still sells like crazy. I was gonna say, why do we? Where did we come up with it? It sells like hotcakes. I didn't realize hotcakes sold that well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, why would you want a hot cake anyway? You bite into it and it burns you. I mean, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, you've got to let the thing cool down anyway, and so it's you might as well have bought the cool cake. In a lot of places, it's all you can eat hot cakes, so they're not selling very well. They practically <laughs> got to give them away. So, bad analogy. We have to stop using that one. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have a ranty show last week, David. I'm glad I waited. Uh, yeah. Again, apologies to uh, our listeners. We don't like taking two weeks off. Um, are you here for next week? Well, I, I'm going to be traveling again on Friday because I'm leaving Hong Kong and going to Mauritius okay. on business. So um, I, it's so confusing. I'm, like today, I'm leaving at 1.40 this afternoon from San Francisco. I'm flying 14 hours, but because of the um, dateline, I will arrive in Hong Kong on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, so, that's confusing. Uh, it is confusing. So I, I need to kind of look at my travel plans for Mauritius to figure out exactly when I'm going to be around for you. Well, I so can push it back a day if needed. Yeah, we might we might have to do that. But yeah. um, uh, I'll, I'll just I'll try. Once I get to Hong Kong and I've got my head around it, I'll figure it out and I'll let you know. Cool. Tomorrow, uh, my wife and I are taking the younger kids to Michigan's Adventure. It's uh, an amusement park, roller coasters and... It's part of it's half water park. Well, it's a full water park, but it's also a full, you know, um, how can I describe? It's a Cedar Point. It's a great adventure. It's a it, it's a really nice park. Tickets were like thirty bucks. Uh, my credit union advertised that. Oh, we've got a, a special great price for members: twenty seven dollars. Gee, thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, I've already dropped a hundred and. Was a hundred and they were twenty six bucks of the credit, so I dropped one hundred and four bucks on just tickets, and uh, we're doing that tomorrow morning, and yes. it's kind of the end of the summer thing because the kids start school on Tuesday, and uh, it's Cole's first day of kindergarten. Yes, yeah, it's, it's my my daughter Charlotte's first 
day at big school. Yeah. On uh, on um, Monday or Tuesday next week. Is your wife cry? I expect so, but I'm not going to be there. Um, I'll, and, I'll be uh, there for Coles, and I know for a fact yeah. Julie's going to cry. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm kind of bummed about it, really, but yeah. uh, what can I do? Uh, and, you know, also as well, I, I, my wife always says whenever I travel, things go wrong at home. Uh, and already this week, we've had water pouring through the kitchen ceiling uh, and uh, a child with, with diarrhea everywhere. So Oh, fun. Well, that's not what's coming through the ceiling, I hope. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, my friend, uh, safe travels, and I will see you next week. Okay, thanks a lot.